So earlier this week, I covered my Intercept colleagues Sharon Lerner and Mara Pistendahl's interview with EcoHealth President Peter Daszak, where they questioned him about the group's involvement with gain-of-function coronavirus research in Wuhan, China, among other things. Let's listen to some of that. Well, the scientist at the center of the lab leak controversy is a man named Peter Daszak. He's the head of an organization called EcoHealth Alliance, and he's gotten tens of millions of dollars over the years for research into coronaviruses and other pathogens. Since 2005, he's been working closely with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Starting in 2014, his organization with NIH funding collaborated on research there that involved gain-of-function research. We also know that in 2018, Dajak applied to DARPA for a grant to fund a project that would work to insert furin cleavage sites into the spikes of SARS-related viruses. Now, that research was never funded, but we don't know for sure whether any of it was ever performed. It matters because the furin cleavage site found in the virus that created this pandemic is what's so unique about it, and it's what scientists initially flagged as evidence that it was likely made in a lab. Peter Dajak played a leading role tamping down discussion of the lab leak theory by secretly organizing a group of scientists to send a letter to The Lancet debunking the idea. Now, at The Intercept, we've repeatedly reached out to Dajak. At one point, he responded through a press secretary, but generally hasn't responded at all. In late February, he finally agreed to speak to reporters Sharon Lerner and Mara Fistendahl, who've been doggedly on this story since the beginning. Well, joining us now to take a deeper dive into what that interview revealed is reporter for The Intercept, Mara Vistendahl. Mara, welcome to the show. So tell us Thank what you. the big bombshells were. I mean, Ryan did talk about this the other day on his radar. And so we did learn some things like, you know, maybe it did really come from, maybe there was some actual funding of this. And, you know, it seemed to be very vague, but then kind of flip-flop a little bit. So tell us the big bombshells. Well, Sharon and I have been reporting on documents um, from this grant from NIH um, to Peter Daszak's team that funded bat coronavirus research in China. Uh, we obtained um, thousands of pages of grant documents through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. And we've spent the past few months digging into those documents, pouring over them, looking at what they say and don't say and one of uh, we've had many many questions um, for Dasek himself, uh, who was the lead, who was the principal investigator on the grant. And then finally, earlier this month, he agreed to speak with us. Yeah, I was uh, interested when Ryan was discussing this the other day. Uh, I I thought it was interesting that. He, you know, the question, so it's not, it, it wasn't funded, but there's a question of, well, you know, how much of this research could have been conceivably been, been worked on already, even to get to the point where they would, they would request funding. And then he, he kind of just claimed to not know or have no idea when you got into that category. So did mm -hmm. you find him very, I think he was forthcoming at, at first and then became less forthcoming or, or maybe just generally didn't know, which is its, its own problem, <laughs> not knowing. Uh, but what, what did you make of his, uh, you know, of, of his tone and his, of his candor? 
Well, just to be clear, we're talking about two different grants and these stories have been playing out at the same time. And so, you know, naturally they're conflated in some people's minds. But we, um, there's the NIH grant to DASX group, which included the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That was funded and that contained um, experiments that were highly concerning, but are, um, you know, according to the documents in terms of the experiments that have actually been described so far, because we're still waiting for some documents, could not have um, led to the pandemic. And then also last fall, a group of internet sleuths called Drastic obtained a, an unfunded proposal for highly concerning research. And this is the research that Ryan described that involved um, the insertion of furin cleavage cells into coronaviruses. Um, so as you know, Dasik said again and again to us, it was not funded. Um, nonetheless, uh, as far as I know, he has not gone on the record talking about this grant uh, until our interview. So we had quite a lot of questions uh, for him. He maintains that the research was not done um, even in an, any kind of preliminary way to see, kind of explore it for the purpose of this proposal. Um, he also kind of uh, shoved off some of our questions on one of his collaborators on the proposal, who was Ralph Barrick um, at the University of North Carolina, and said, you know, if you want to know more about that part of the proposal, you need to go ask him. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Ralph Barrick did not respond to our questions. Right. And so that, that does seem to be the key kind of open question that still needs to be answered, or two, two key open questions. One, you know, within mm -hmm. the NIH uh, grant, you know, what research was done that that hasn't both been specifically described in reports back to the NIH and also been released to the public. So what do we still not know? Uh, but then but then two, and perhaps related, was was some of that being done in order to prepare for this uh, this DARPA grant that they that they applied for. And I'm just curious for your your kind of sense on whether you think there might be some there there, and also what you made of his initial uh, claim that uh, doing this type of research was beyond the pale, was the, the term he used, and then later by the end of your interview, defending the necessity of doing that research and, and saying that the only reason it wasn't done mm -hmm. is that it was uh, too expensive according to DARPA. Yeah, well, to, to make very clear, um, there is no, in, so as far as we know, um, there is no evidence to suggest that the unfunded DARPA, DARPA work was done under the NIH grant. Um, Project Veritas released a video saying that this was the case, and there is absolutely no evidence to support that. Um, so I consider that a conspiracy theory, and I know it's become a loaded term when we talk about the origins of the coronavirus, but um, there is a lot of misinformation that is floating around. Um, on the other hand, the fact that this work was proposed in the first place is highly concerning. Um, my interpretation of, of Dasek saying it was beyond the pale was that our suggestion that they would insert a, a furin cleavage site into a coronavirus was beyond the pale. Um, and, you know, when we, then we we pressed a bit, you know, we, we went back to him several times, like, did you, did, what did you do before you propose this work? Has anyone done this work? Has the Wuhan Institute done this work? And, um, you know, there, 
he he maintained that he has a different definition of the work that was done under the grant. Um, but, you know, Sharon and I have done a lot of um, going back and forth with scientists about these grant documents, asking them, you know, what do you think of the experiments that are described in them? And many people are concerned about that particular proposal. And, you know, it's we're in an unusual, unusual situation where you have a group of Internet sleuths who released a document that initially was not um, verified by other people apart from Project Veritas. And that document has nonetheless um, changed the minds of some scientists and has really changed the debate. And that is why we felt that we needed to um, ask Dasik about it. And he was he was defensive. He was saying that, he, in general, that correct me if you disagree with this characterization, but I, I think in general he was defending this research, research like this, as necessary as part of our pandemic preparedness or inventing therapeutics, vaccines, understanding how to deal with these kinds of, of, of pathogens, and which, which, I, which I find interesting because we're, we're concerned that this research could create a pandemic. And also, I, there's not a lot of evidence, I don't think, that, that actually this research has made us better prepared. The, the therapeutics, the vaccines we've gotten for COVID, for instance, to have nothing to do with any of this research. So it's, it's interesting that he, he strikes an entirely defensive uh, uh, a tone, you know, defending sort of ideologically doing this kind of thing is necessary without evidence that it is. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is his perspective on the research, and there. And you're right that there are many scientists who pushed back and questioned um, whether gain of function research, in particular, has ever led to major uh, breakthroughs in terms of or whether it's needed uh, in terms of our understanding of infectious diseases. Um, but I think it's important to understand that that there was a. Um, a long-standing debate over whether to do certain types of um, of risky experiments that dates back to well be before the pandemic, um, and that there were essentially two camps within the scientific community. One uh, that was primarily virologists who who do these experiments, and um, who felt who who argued just like Dasik. Uh, did to us that we need to do this work in order to better understand viruses in order to understand in, in order to prevent the next outbreak. And the other camp argues um, that we could have caused a pandemic. And so all that debate was there before it got mixed up in partisan politics. Um, it was not a Republican or Democratic issue before the pandemic. And now it's, of course, much more heated. Um, the stakes are much higher. And um, the question is still there. We don't know the answer yet. Um, what we are trying to do is stick very close to um, you know, what information we have, what are the facts, um, what can we definitively say um, has happened with this grant. And so that's why you see kind of incremental reporting. I mean, we've done over a dozen stories at this point um, on this grant, but little by little, we're learning a lot more about it. And we have to run, but real quickly, I just wanted to ask again, the Ralph Barrick situation seems incredibly fascinating to me that he would say, well, look, okay, I don't, I don't actually know if some of all, you know, I can't say whether or not Ralph did some of this work that you're talking about that would have involved the Furin cleavage site. Were you surprised that he kind of tossed responsibility over to, over to his colleague there? And what, 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 what's your guess on whether or not we're going to be able to get him uh, to go on record. 
Um, you know, yes and no, because something similar happened in a debate. Uh, it was actually a very fascinating debate that was convened by Science Magazine in September uh, over the origins of the pandemic. And the DARPA proposal had just been released ahead of the debate, so it came up. And one of DASEC's collaborators, uh, Lin Fa Wang, also kind of passed it over to Barrick. And what's notable about Ralph Barrick is that he ha he signed one of the open letters um, by prominent scientists saying that actually a lab leak needs to be on the table and, and we need a full investigation of the origins of the pandemic. Um, so, you know, even he's, he's one of the world's leading coronavirus researchers, if not the leading researcher, he has actually been fairly upfront about the risks of doing this research. And, and so I hope that he um, uh, responds to our questions. We would love to interview him as well. Yeah, that's a huge implication if it did potentially mm -hmm. come out of North Carolina rather than Wuhan. And I think we should be investigating no. both leads, right? No, no, I don't believe it came out of the university. Well, I, mean, I, I don't think that's on the table. So, you know, so you're not even going to investigate that. I mean, that seems strange to me that you've got a guy who's saying that his colleague maybe actually did do this sort of research in order to get the grant money. and You're not going to even follow that lead. He was saying that Barrick's lab, so Barrick was the one who who wrote that part of the proposal and who proposed doing that work. To me, it's unclear where the work happened. And actually, I would right. cut this right. So if it's unclear, then I'm, I'm not. I, right. So the work might have been done in Wuhan, right? Passed because they they were collaborating with Wuhan, and so they're passing viruses back and forth. They're like how like how does how does that work? Was and was there some of it being done in North Carolina? Or not, not this type of work, but is, it, is there a research lab there that could be a place that some of that work would be done? Ralph Berg does have a lab that is working on coronaviruses there. That's, right. that's correct. Right. Thank you so much for joining us. Got to get Ralph Barrick on. <laughs> Dr. Barrick, if you're watching, open invitation <laughs> to join us on Rising. But yeah, Mara, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.